Hello. I got some water drips going on over here today. Drip, drip. That's right, just dripping, bonking on something metal. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see if it shows up in the recording. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Is this little piece of text that uh, got sent in front of your shared note produced by a computer or by you? Open my shared note, colon. Did you write that? <laughs> Does it sound like me? It's like, I don't know, sometimes like sent with lasers or Merlin uh, laughed at your message or like all those sort of text things made by computers to describe a thing that's happening. That was added by my Macintosh computer. Seems a little forward. Mm -hmm. Open my shared note. Just a command. Yeah, I don't think you get to pick that. No, I sent you, I sent you a notes document. You sent me a picture of a messages conversation is what you sent me. You like that? Because you can see it in context. You can see the ebb and flow that you wouldn't see. The, the blue bubbles mm, yeah. make it... Right, I can, I can pinch and zoom a stupid image to get it to the point where I can read the tiny text. It's great. It's pretty big on mine. I'm on the uh, 5K iMac. It looks great. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Look at all those people I text with. Look at all that. Oh, should I be looking at that? I don't know. I didn't look at that. Oh, I figured you I would. I have to look at the, the background of images. Who do you text with? You have that awful picture of me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who the person with the feather duster is. Uh, that's Jason. I don't know who uh, that person is. Then I see Max and Alex. You got that's uh, Jason Finn. You got E24. You got my Instagram code. You and Todd. Uh, Marco, Alex, Max, Tiff at all. So who is that with your daughter? Is that is that cartoon? Is that Bitmoji yeah, that's supposed my wife. to be that's your my wife? That's my wife, the Bitmoji. That does not look like her. Tell her that her Bitmoji doesn't look like her. This is a beef for you. I mean, like, if you're not going to make it look like, I guess I, it, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to make it look like you and it doesn't look like you, that's a problem. If you're not trying to make it look like you, fine, whatever. Hmm. I think Greg Pierce uh, is on the same page as you. Uh, 13 minutes ago, Greg Pierce said, how long before, as fun as they may be, people stop pretending Memoji look anywhere near enough like them to be suitable avatars? That's the problem. They they don't give you enough flexibility. If they wanted, if, 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 you, if, if we wanted something to look like, like us, we'd use a professional photo. No, that's not what it is. Like hmm. it's possible. It's the reason you pay the person at the carnival to do a caricature of you. Uh -huh. They don't just draw a generic smiley face and draw your color hair on the head. That depends like, on what kind of like carnival you. you go to. Uh, yeah, I think the emojis are cute. Oh God, I'm all a Twitter. I didn't. I didn't manage my time well today. No. And this document, I mean, John, John. There's so much to talk about. This document's out of control. We got to talk about this document. We we got to talk. I don't know what we're going to talk. I think about. it's doing fine. It's not doing this fine. This needs to be heavily refactored. Just fine. It's it's. What are you doing? You're not moving that up, are you? Oh, I, I certainly am. I hate seeing your cursor move. Oh Jesus! No, no. Oh. Uh, this is our. We got our minis. Hmm. We got our minis. We're going to do, and then we'll jump right into the the big topic. <laughs> okay. There's plenty of minis there. I don't want to talk about the big topic, but you have to. It's your thing. No, you you. It'll be fine. You'll be you're fine. Make, don't, I don't no, know why you're getting all you worked do. up about it. You do this. There's a it's thing not, that you do, which is you... you it's not the topic you're afraid of. It's the feeling that you have about being afraid of the topic. No, wait, I screwed it up. Yeah, you're close, though. Thumbs up, you tried. <laughs> I know, I'm trying. Um, uh, I'll do my best. Do you, have, do, you didn't answer my, my series of angry texts. Do you have anything affirmative to say about the main topic? Or are you just going to voir dire me and make me look well, yeah. stupid? <laughs> Everything that's in the show is in the show okay. and sometimes only in the show. Okay. We're not going to do the show before the show. You don't do the show before the show at all? This document is out of control. 
Okay, it's officially it's fun. The document is fun. This is officially out of control. There's a very small part of this document that is problematic because of me. I think I've added too many sections, and now it's confusing. It's very you're confusing. Fine. You're fine. Did you get sleep today? No. I just heard your episode where you were up at 3 a.m. I was concerned. No, this is. I didn't manage my time well. I had, had pickup today, and I tried to set mm-hmm. up a sound bar. Oh my god! Why do I? Oh, here, there's there's a mini topic we can throw that in. Speaking of not managing a time way and doing and doing pickup. Okay. Uh, I don't think I mentioned this. No, I, maybe I did. Maybe I did off air. Uh, but one of my children is away. Yes, you talked about this uh, outside the show. Oh, that's in the right. Show. I, I text messaged. I would. Yeah. I would happily talk about that. I would talk about the larger phenomenon of camp because I think it's a very interesting topic. Well, I mean, maybe we'll wait that till she comes back. All right, whatever you want, want to. to. I don't want to. I don't want to reveal too much of my daughter's secret struggles. Uh, but no. she is at two weeks sleepaway camp for but the they, very first time. But they threw time. her. A, they threw her a, a curveball. Yeah, threw threw everyone a curveball. But as, as I wrote to her in uh, my uh, the first letter I sent her at camp, because they're not allowed to have electronics at this camp, Yeet. so there's no like texting back and forth or anything. It's just like old fashioned letters, you know. Yeah, not um, like John Roderick that, letters, you know, like real letters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that uh, you know, challenge is always going to be a challenge. It's like, hey, it's my first time at uh, sleepaway camp, right? So that's a challenge, and challenges uh you know they challenge you in unexpected ways if it was exactly how you expected it to be and there was nothing unexpected it really wouldn't be that much of a challenge. that's true that's a good point i face it every week that's, that's some dad dad wisdom right there that dad she wisdom scoff at oh she scoffs at so much of your dad wisdom so are you in your in your mind do you have a clear separation production notes i think makes sense i think that's viable that could be useful for jim we got follow-up we got front matter we got mini topics and we got topics our mini topics and our topics heavily bleed into each other, and then you chastise me for calling them the wrong thing. I don't. I you, do you not do chastise that. You, did you that last at week. all. You are very nervous about how to categorize things, and I text. think you're doing fine. I'm going to pull up the text. You have many remarks from me. People don't know how many remarks I have to put up with from you. We had, a, we had a lot of talk about sharp objects. We're going to save that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, never mind. There's too many texts. You're like one of my only friends. It's like you and E24. It's the only people I text with. What what is E24? It's what a is food that? delivery service. They let you know when your food's on the oh, way. I don't I don't know all your little uh, gig economy things that to sustain you, the, the the tiny village that surrounds you that keeps you alive. <laughs> My Potemkin mall, you know, just like <laughs> tiny tiny drones coming and going to to. Uh, without them, you wither and die. You are so provincial. You have such a funny idea about places where you aren't. You have a very funny yeah, idea about I how things I have a funny work. idea. You have, you, have, you do that. You have very funny ideas about how places that aren't, you, you, have, very, you have some very funny ideas. Really? What are those ideas that are so funny? What's so funny about me? Like I'm a clown. I amuse you. You amuse me. I make you laugh. Oh, I'm just busting your balls. Um, uh, That's the way you tell the story. <laughs> That's all. Uh, drones. I don't see that many drones. Thank God. Yet. I know I will. But like sometimes you'll see one buzzing around in the park. Uh, I don't Oh, I mean, you better eat healthy because I think it's going to be a while. Yeah. No, but I, I screwed up and I didn't have time for dinner. I was going to make Brussels sprouts. I didn't have time. I tried to install a sound bar. Uh, bad idea. I run out of time. Install a sound bar on what? On pff, your TV? Yes. Hmm. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. How you, do you, you didn't have a, a external speakers on your TV? You're just using the built-in ones? I'm trying to leverage. You know what it is? It's sunk cost fallacy. It's sunk non-cost fallacy because I got these free Sonos speakers I don't know, five, six years ago. They're all the old ones that don't work with AirPlay. They are, but they're like individual speakers. Yes. These are the play colon ones. Okay. Not the, not the play one O N E. Um, 
anyway, it doesn't matter. But, you know, KFC had too long a line, so I ended up just eating some ham. And uh, oh, wait, 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 let's go back to the soundbar. So okay. you got a soundbar. You, you bought the TV that you bought. You bought one of the ones that actually has a, a fairly substantial sound thingy underneath it, right? No. It's got okay, good, probably not for your quality, but like okay, good internal speakers where everything just right. But there, but the internal speakers are in kind of like a minute, very miniature soundbar grill thing underneath the screen. Probably, right? yeah, probably. Like there is a grill. Those are at the better bottom. than the normal ones that you can't even see the speakers and they just like vibrate the screen or shoot down. Yeah, yeah, like those, those, you know, they cost a nickel. That kind, of, that kind of speaker. No, no, they're mm-hmm. fine. It's just that I had these extra plays, and on occasion when we want to watch a fancy movie, I will set up the very old Sonos colon ones to be surround sound speakers because we don't have a surround sound but you just got two of them right we got two of them now so they'll be your back channels and then you just do the front is the television yes and so sonos just put out a new sound bar and it arrived today i was very excited about it what the beam the beam right Mm -hmm. and like it's just there's so many it's it's just why technology sucks you know it's just there's so many different things to get working with it it's not as simple as being into plug being able to plug in like an audio out you can do optical out you could do hdmi amp you could do optical to hdmi amp as a translator and that will it will hook up and we'll say this works, but then your remote doesn't work with it. Like then you got to reprogram your remote. The LG can only have one non LG remote working with it. And now nothing can hear nothing. So I unplugged everything in a pit of feek and a fit of peak. Pit of feek. <laughs> Reset. <laughs> I'm very upset. I'm upset. I was going to have a nice dinner and be ready for you to break me over the coals about Sarah Sanders. And now, now I have a, like a costly soundbar just sitting there. Expensive soundbar. So my main concern with the soundbar would be, can you actually put it in front of the TV without it blocking the bottom? This one the you can. It's a Does it just barely make it. Barely. I mean, I I'm very reluctant to put the TV on a lifter, but yeah, there's not even be. really enough. There's not enough clearance under the TV to get like an HDMI cable under it. It's really annoying. But anyway, I, I just thought, you know, here's the thing. I'm so used to like in my life, I'm so used to stuff where I just I'm so spoiled. I just take something out of the box and I plug it in. And I hit a thing and it works. But like increasingly, it feels like that's it's, it's, in some ways. Well, like uh, Eventually, your children, your child will be able to help you with this. I guess that's so. what you need now, basically. You're just like past that age where you're able to set up electronics mm, uh, without maybe. thinking about it. Yeah, but I do know that like getting the remote to work with this without having to leave a note for my family is going to be a bit of a struggle. You know, I, I got I got a camera app now that, that now wants me to log in. I need a login to use the camera app. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you run into this you get things where you're like you know you seem like you're really making this more complicated than it needs to be yeah, i don't i don't think i would keep a camera app that made me log in unless it was had some really important feature that i couldn't live without well, i i didn't stick with it but anyways i just thought it'd be fun because you know a little bit nicer sound is nice but really we're fine with what we've got but you know it's just it's just annoying because i was excited about it i was waiting for it to arrive and it came and yeah. now i'm flustered and you have time for a, kfc i had to have ham that's the thing that i most people, I think, and including TV reviewers, don't think too much about when it comes to televisions. Because I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to look at TVs. Like maybe next year or the year after, I'll get a new one. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's a multi-year thing. And the thing that continues to shock me about televisions is how badly TV makers screw up the physical aspects of a television. Like basically, how does it sit on the surface that it sits on? Yeah. Uh, where do the cables go? All those kind of details like that. And this, and you would think they'd be getting better or staying the same, but there's been some really hilarious ones recently. One is the Sony television that leans back a bit. Hmm. On purpose? Like by design? On purpose. 
Huh. Uh, and I mean, maybe if the television is very low and you are higher than it, then it could get, then it would be good. For, but really, I don't like if you put it on the floor, maybe. But who wants their television to tilt back? Not like a half a degree, but a significant amount. Is, That's does it dumb. swivel or is it permanently just a few degrees pointing up? No, you can't. You can't make it perpendicular to the ground. That's a strange choice. That's a bad choice. Um, uh, well, I mean, they must have the is, reasons. Why? Why did they do that? Uh, style to stand out in the market, some crap like that. Another is, I think this might also be Sony. Maybe it's just them that have this problem. A television whose screen basically touches the ground. Like you know how much clearance you have. Very like, little. Go from the, the, the there's enough like, for an optical low... cable, but not enough for an HDMI cable. Right, but but you have that thick speaker grill underneath it. So like the the glow the the glowing pixel, the lowest glowing pixel is still a couple inches off the surface it's on. Yeah, the Sony television, the lowest glowing pixel is like three millimeters off the surface you put it on, which is ridiculous. Is it designed to be hung on a wall? This is the stand. A lot of these things, yes, of course they can go on a wall, but this is like in its stand. It also comes with these little tiny rubber feet, you know, to make like do you put it at the very edges that are like mm. the size of like a little like a little rubber. Like just a little rubber foot. That's all you need. That's all you can slide between the edge of the screen and the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are lots of ones that are up on a stand a couple inches off, but have no place for you to route the cables or they have like one little skinny channel like that. They look like they're floating on air and it's clear and it's like, it's kind of like Al's Apple's advertisements for their products. So they never show the power cords connected to them. Right. because It looks ugly. It's made not to hide your power. My television's like that. I have a <laughs> V-shaped metal stand, uh-huh. and it's all open air except for a V-shape of metal, and I have to route all my cables down those two Vs very carefully so it doesn't look like a big rat's nest back there. Uh-huh. This is, a, and the thing is, you don't have much of a choice about this. Like, they're not V-surmountable for the most part. If you don't like the stand, you basically can't get the television. It's probably one of my major concerns about buying a television now is, like, not so much the screen and the technology and the features, but, like, the stand can it fit on my table the, the ones that have feet way out of the edges so you need a table that's like seven feet wide mm-hmm. put the, put the stand in the middle so I, I think your stand is reasonable so you kind of lucked out there it blocks a lot of your cables it's not it is up off the ground it has better speakers than normal but i'm not quite sure how it'll look with the beam you should send me some pictures beam's really cute it's just um yeah 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 but i mean like with the sonos setup it's just it's i i mean I guess in the last 15, 10 or 15 years, probably because of USB and other reasons, we've gotten used to the idea that when we, and maybe just because the Mac's gotten more popular, we've gotten more used to a a plug and play world where, you know, you certainly can remember the days when everything came with a CD with really, really terrible ported looking software for installing drivers for whatever you needed. Like for anything you bought for a Mac, there were drivers. Um, I got, I was looking at something today uh on amazon that oh what was it it was something really cool but it said it came with mac drivers and i was like oh you know that's bad so maybe i'm just really used to that i'm really used to that idea that like it is plug and play and it just works but like with the sonos there's just a whole lot to go through you've got i got you got to make sure you get the room set up is it in the right room you can only have you know you get these rooms a certain way and the room equals this device or set of devices and then if you want to pair these up to be a stereo pair, that's the whole thing with lots of pointing and clicking and waiting and holding and, you know, it doesn't work and you do it again. And I don't know. It's just uh, that the world of home theater, quote unquote, feels like a real thistle to me. And you're right. You know, you're, you're right about that. I just want to say you were absolutely right about the TV, though. Um, there's so many weirdly designed things that it really looks like it was meant to maybe look good on the shelf or be very aesthetically pleasing. But like when you're using it, 
like in a house that you don't want to look terrible and ends up being so strange. And, and I like my, I really, really, really like my TV, but it does feel like if you move it, it's kind of rickety. It feels like even when you're just like turning the screen to get access to the ports in the back, there's a little bit of don't wobble, wobble, wobble to don't, it. Don't do that. What do you mean? You got to get back there. You got to put your cables in. You can't, you can't touch it once you get it set up. I was going to say like best case scenario with the home theater stuff is you spend a very, very long time, especially if you're me, mm-hmm. setting it up. And then best case, you never have to touch it again. And when I mean never have to touch it again, ideally not don't physically touch it in addition to don't change settings. So right. I don't like my television once. My television and the television stand, once yep. I got them aligned to the angle that I wanted them, mm-hmm. have not moved. You told your family this. Me. You got a remote. You don't need to touch it. Here it is. Seagate Backup Plus. I looked at this today. Seagate Backup Plus Hub H, uh, 8 terabyte. Why the hell do you have... No, don't buy hard drives with software. You just got done talking about it. It comes with Mac drivers. That's if you what I'm telling you. That's, why I'm, that's software, why I'm telling you. This is what I was looking at. This is what I was looking at. Oh, it's no good. Don't... Okay, well, if I want a big-ass drive, what should I do? do I, have to, I should figure out my... Uh, what do you want? You have to tell me what you want it for. Um, my external drive is running out of space for media and backups. I should just learn to use this stupid... What do you have? What's it called? Synology. I should learn to use my Synology. I, it's the best, the best purchase I've ever I'm so scared made. of my Synology. Synology. I'm very scared if of I, my if Synology. If my Synology ever breaks, I will buy a new one in a second. It's like using a cPanel site. It's so hard to use. I, it's not that. I think I need to pick one thing and, and focus on that. One thing, one thing at a time. Is that what you use for your Plex? <laughs> yeah, I told you we 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 rated your Plex while you were gone. Yeah, we're gonna get to that. Mm-hmm. We should we should start diving into these many topics if we're gonna get. To all that. I had was ham. That's all I had. I keep I, I deploy meats to the office in case uh, I miss a meal, and so I had to deploy some ham. All right. Well. All right. Uh, yeah. Stick yeah, no, well, uh, before yeah, I'll distract us once more. Um, uh, while my daughter is away, my wife is undertaking. Uh, the Herculean task of literally like the Eugene Stables of cleaning her room. Oh no. Uh, does she know? Yeah. Does, does your daughter know? She knows it's happening. Oh boy. Uh, I mean, it's, she, there's so much crap there. She won't miss half of it, but we were finding lots of interesting things. I mean, I really wish she would have collected them. Like the number of food wrappers tucked behind her furniture as she like sneaks like candies and other things she's not supposed to be eating. And then just throws the wrappers behind her bed. You could, you could make like a small version of her out of those. Um, <laughs> she found uh, food coloring. Like we have food coloring, like in, in next to the spices. Yeah. Somehow she dug that out of the kitchen. Who knows how long ago? And it was all over her room. Apparently, some of it spilled. Wow. Um, we found a bowl of granola in a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. And, and yeah, there's a lot. I, I told her she should have taken more pictures, but she's mostly too angry to take pictures at this point. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, that's yeah. That's I've, every on. day in my daughter's backpack, I have to clean out like uh, ten high chew wrappers. She's been sneaking high yeah. chews. Not very well. likes to get uh, to bring home rocks. So a lot of times we're cleaning rocks out of her backpack. She finds a rock that she finds interesting. Yeah, a good rock. Backpack and then uh-huh. Never looks at it again. And eventually, by the end of the school year, there's like three pounds of literal. You gotta rocks put it in a bag, in right on the bag, so you know know where the rock came from. That's what I do. Yeah, right. All my rocks go in bags. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. Make your next move with Squarespace because Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and so much more. Maybe you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog, whatever kind of stuff you want to put on the internet, Squarespace is there for you. They are an all-in-one platform. It's really true. You just go in there and you click a bunch of buttons and you can get whatever you want up looking the way that you want. There is nothing to install. 
There are no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. This is such a different world than the one in which I used to live. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has got you covered. They also have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you ever do need help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of their award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. As, as you may know, I'm a huge fan of Squarespace and I have been for, I don't know, I want to guess maybe, maybe even 10 years now. Long time, long time fan. I've used them for personal sites. Uh, I use them for uh, announcing my Ungainly X-Man meetup. I recently posted a bunch of my playlists on Squarespace. The thing that you may know but can't see is how often I have directed people to Squarespace because I no longer want to be in the webmaster business. And I am more than happy to hand that over to my friends at Squarespace because they do a terrific job. I really can highly recommend them. Squarespace plans start at just $12 per month. You can start a trial right now with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash diffs. And when you decide to sign up, please use the very special offer code DIFFS, that's D-I-F-F-S, that's going to get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And yeah, it'll show your support for reconcilable differences. Once again, squarespace.com slash DIFFS, offer code DIFFS for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting reconcilable differences in all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. If we find particularly good rocks, we have a little, uh, actually, you probably saw it in that. Did you ever watch that video of the present opening? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, we've got a little, like, uh, air plant garden with uh, good rocks in it. That's a good place for good rocks. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got, a, uh, speaking of a weird plant things, we got an orchid, which is a weird plant that I'm not familiar with. It comes with, like, these uh, instructions on how you're not supposed to water it or it'll die or something. Yeah, they're real picky. So now we've got this alien thing in the house, and I decided we don't know what to do with it. It's like, well... Or do we just do we just stare at it until it dies? Orchids and then are we usually blame fine until they suddenly die. They suddenly yeah. die very quickly. It's like goldfish from the fair. You know, getting back to more more things from the yeah, carnival times. county fair. We had to clean up this document. This is out of control. All right, all right. Uh, yes, you added one quickie thing at the top here uh, about my second trip to England. What do you want to know? Oh, I'm just being social. You um you went to <laughs> England what probably a summer or two ago. Uh, last year last year okay yeah and it sounds like you had a pretty good time but there was lots about it that was a funny you had funny little cultural moments there you walked a lot a lot a lot i was just curious you were there for mike and adina's wedding um just curious if um going back a second time uh are there are there things you saw differently are there things you noticed are there things that seem weirder than you remember like how how the second trip go uh, second trip had already felt familiar. Like, even though I'd just been there once, we were there. I was there with, with no kids, just two adults. And we were there for about a week. Maybe it was longer. I didn't remember. And we really felt like we just saw the whole city. And so now we're coming back, it was like, oh, uh, this place, it, it's familiar to me. Like, it, it doesn't, doesn't, didn't feel as foreign, you know? Yeah. That I was, I, I knew what I was going to see. I knew what it was going to be like. And it was like that. Uh, and it was familiar, and I had good memories of my previous trip. Of course, this time I had kids with me who were complaining all the time. Yeah. And so I was a little bit, you know, managing the children and everything. Like that. But overall, I like it. I like it there. Uh, you know, I feel like I've done all the touristy things at this point. So maybe if I exhausted those, I'd be like, okay, well, then why am I even here? Because my preference for vacation stuff is like to go somewhere with natural beauty and not so much cosmopolitan places. But you like a beach. Yeah, I do. I do like a beach. Mm-hmm. What, um, was this your kid's first trip out of the country? Uh, yeah, I think so. What'd they think? I mean, apart from yeah, the whining. Hard to, they... hard to tell. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, my daughter really wanted to go to London. Just, I, I think she likes the idea of, you know, going to a different 
country, going to a different city. Um, my son, if you're asking, could probably say you could take or leave. But for, for both of them, it's one of those things. You, I'm sure you did these things as a kid where it's not like you're for it or against it. And maybe you complain while you're doing it. But in retrospect, it's an experience you're glad you had when you were a kid, you know? Oh, yeah. That type of thing. So many. Well, a lot, a lot of campus like that, to be honest. So many things like that. This is, yeah. That's a Although, real hall, hallmark for my daughter is like just just pitiless screaming about having to do anything. And then she gets so into it. And like, it's, it's her experience after that. Well, at least she gets over that. Oh, my kids would complain the whole time. I'm saying like when they're, when they're older and they're, when they're adults, they'd be like, Oh, it's good that I took that trip. I mean, I'm sure both of them will be, you know, passively bragging about the fact that they've been to London. If it comes up amongst their friends, cause it's a thing they can talk about. But while they were there, eh, they're not really into the history and stuff like that. They enjoy hearing people with funny accents enjoy doing interesting things they i mean they got to stay in this swanky uh apartment thing that we rented a flat as you would say mm. um which was very fancy much fancier than any hotel we would have been in but you know and i think they kind of appreciated that but you know i think i think it's fine how'd they do like, with the food wasn't, uh mostly okay i mean we still have a good place the whole is that a good place for vegans vegan vegetarians they do have little v in parentheses on the menu items that are vegetarian oh. but that was just an exercise and we would just the, the magic of the internet before we go to a restaurant we look at the menu mm-hmm. and we make sure we that there's something that my daughter will eat there and something that my son will eat and then we go we only had one minor problem with that where the menu that we found online was not accurate like it was out of date by a little bit um, but, but we survived yeah sounds like a good trip yeah it's nothing too exciting did it seem well run? The country? Yeah. Well, the city. I mean, you know, oh, Alex, yeah, Alex sure. came back and was very excited about, about the tube and about, like, you know, the way the infrastructure seems to work there. Yeah, like I said on ATP, it reminded me a lot of Boston. I mean, I, mean, I haven't gotten to your review of Europe yet, but yeah, I saw it yeah, in the news. Well, uh, but uh, yeah, like, it because the tunnels are old that the trains go through and because it's, a, it's an older... Uh, public transit subway type system but with like newer trains running on it it was it was like a grown-up bigger more efficient version of what we have in boston um so it was very familiar and it was fine uh and it was nice that we could you know they i, I did i don't think it, we did a black cab last time this time we did do a black cab so now i've had that experience oh, cool. as well and just it's you know it's a nice it's a nice city i feel i feel comfortable in that city. i would say that i probably feel more comfortable now in london than i would in new york city oh new york's pretty great yeah, but New York is very, you know, it's exhausting. You can make it's it there, really you know, exhausting. Can make it. Yep. Anywhere. Um, it's up to. Does it? Does it? I I know the song. Does Does it strike you as a diverse you. city? You. What? New. New. Yeah. Is what? <laughs> <laughs> you just want to finish. <laughs> I just want you to finish it. York, New York. That's not how he says it. <sighs> we have another quiz. I'm taking a greyhound. What? On the Hudson City line? Come on. Oh. Blew up the chicken, man. All right. Never, never mind. Um, uh, that was some ham. Well, it's, uh, did it strike you as, as a diverse city? Yeah. I mean, like, it, it didn't get any different impression. I was in a different part of London, but it was, it was the same impression I had as last time. Hmm. But yeah, it's, a, it's like a big cosmopolitan city. And, I, you know, it's the only place I've really been anywhere close to Europe. But it's... Because they're so close to other countries, France, Spain, stuff like that, you just hear more people speaking non-English languages. Uh, just I like that because they're because they're just they're just so close, right? I mean, I imagine what it would be like if you went to Montreal and you oh, so many people here speak French. It's like, yeah, they do. 
Yeah, I, I, I like that, though. I mean, I, I like being exposed to that. I like my kid being exposed oh, to yeah, that. Oh, yeah, and I, I love to hear the languages. I mean, like, I, I feel like it's another reason why, you know, people look down their nose at monolingual Americans is we're just, we get all, you know, unless you're unless you're near uh, the southern border, we're just surrounded by water. Like, we don't have lots of 17 different languages within an hour's flight from us. We just don't. Like, the oceans keep everybody away. Well, that's a, it's a very, we're in a very suburban country in a lot of ways. There's a lot of, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a, a very heterogeneous country in some ways, but you're not going to see that if you're mostly exposed to people on this same five mile commute. You're just going to see other like doughy white people, you know? Yeah. It's, and if I if I had grown up in London, I feel like I would have been much more motivated to learn French, to learn Italian, to learn Spanish, you know, just because yeah. you just you see people speaking that to each other all the time. And, you know, it's very it's, abstract. Learning a language feels very abstract here. I, I mean, I feel like you're, if you're exposed to it, especially if you're a kid, like if I if I took the number of subway rides and heard people speaking Italian to each other and stuff like that, and I growing up, I feel like I would pick up minimum basic conversational language or two just because of being exposed to it. Because when you're, you know, when you're three years old, when you're, you know, when you grow up hearing English and then also some other language on a regular basis, you can't help but pick up other parts of it. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't get that growing up on uh, Long Island. It was just all English. Yeah. I just feel like it's healthy to see people that don't look like you or act like you or talk like you. Well, that's that's the funny thing about London is, you know, there is a certain amount of no matter what people look like when they speak English, they speak it with a British accent, which is, again, not yeah. something you're not used to in America. No matter who you are, or what you look like. And even if you're if it's not even your native language, when they speak English, it's with a British accent. It's like, wait a second. Everybody here has a British accent. It's so weird. But so what's really confusing. I mean, you um, I mean, I know it's not perfect, but BBC shows have come a long way. I feel like in trying to be diverse with their casting. And it, it's so interesting to see dark-skinned people with variants of what we consider white people accents, you know? I'd like to hear, like, uh, black people with, like, a Scottish accent. It's always so interesting to me. Right. Or, or like, what I'm talking about is the people who are, like, native French speakers, native mm-hmm. Italian speakers. Right. Like, they grew up, they born and grew up in some country other than here. But when they speak English in their accented English, their English is accented with the British accent. You're like, I guess that makes sense. It's just it does, you expect yeah. them to be like, French is my main language, and I grew up speaking French, and then I speak English with an American accent. But nope, it's, uh, it's with a British accent. Look at, look at uh, Cho Chang. You wouldn't expect Cho Chang to have a Scottish accent because you're racist. I don't know. I don't know that. Cho Chang. Oh, come on. Really? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Hey, you didn't get my very relevant and popular song lyrics, so I'm not... What? New York, New York? No, the one after that. Oh, uh, Paranoid Android. If you had any, if you had any of your, uh, your famous musician friends and right, they listen to this podcast, on, give, give me, they give, would know it and they okay, would give shame me, you. Give me it again. Give me it again. I said I was taking a Greyhound Take on the Hudson it. River line and you had nothing. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel? <laughs> you just, no. Cho Chang, Harry Potter? Yeah. Something? Yeah. Cho, she, Cho Chang. I guess I don't, I don't pay that much attention. She's to in number, movies. she starts in number three. She's like, she goes to a dance with Harry or something? Almost. She ends up going, well, I don't know, no spoilers. She goes, with, right. she goes with Cedric Diggory. Okay. <sighs> Wait, four. Might be four. Might be she starts in four. Four is the one with the big dance. With, with yeah, the, the so. guy They're from Pulp. I'm That's sure what age the, the kids look like. I think it's got to be. Well, you, you know my system. Mm, I, I do, but I've already forgotten it. Something like Jesus. you take the movie number and you add The numbers are always the like, numbers. Numbers are numbers. The first so movie. The first movie is 2001? Hang on. Or is, first, or movie, first movie is based on the first book. The first book takes place in 1991. 
Harry Potter is 11, 1, 1. I was off by a decade. Okay. Hang on. It's the first year of school. So the numbers always, what, iterate? So well, those are the books, not the movies, right? No, that doesn't matter what year the movie came out. So like the fifth movie is <laughs> oh, when he's it 15. It's his fifth year. No. Why would it matter? Why would it matter? Because I'm going by what movie it was based on how old, uh, what's his name is? They put the him actor. out in order. First one comes out first. Yeah, well, then they did the sixth Hollis book, sixth book, everything. 1996, sixth year of school, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Seven meets mm-hmm. three cheeses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of food. Speaking of what? Speaking of food, oh, there no. was. I don't understand something. why this is a problem. Why is this even in here? Why is this? I a want problem? to talk about this bri- briefly. I have uh, just a few. Th- what See, podcast was this on? And some other podcast you mentioned offhand. If we were just having this conversation, it would be fine. But you bring in your flying monkeys. You bring in your flying monkeys. I don't have flying oh, monkeys. You have flying monkeys. You made Todd. You made Todd into one of your flying monkeys now. <laughs> he is not one of my flying. He's monkeys. He's one of your flying he monkeys now. He thinks Amy Adams is a monster. Person. He thinks Amy Adams well, is a monster. He's half a man now that he's broken. But you know, yeah. Before that, he was a whole. <laughs> This <laughs> whole person. He has a little trolley for his leg. <laughs> he got that skydiving. Did you hear that? No. Yeah. Like legit free fall skydiving? No, not at all. Oh. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> all right, we'll save it. Save it for the show. Wait, I should know this. <laughs> he told me. It's a it's a good story. Okay. Anyway. Um <laughs> You mentioned in one of your podcasts, I think you were talking about your microwave prowess. That's why it's I under have there. And it- very, very highly developed skills with the microwave. And I was telling John Roderick, John Roderick has a lot of problems with the microwave. He's got a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was telling him one of the things that I do with the microwave. And you think it's silly. Well, I think actually you were talking about your power. You're like, I've got a microwave with big power. Very high wattage, very high wattage. Right, exactly. And one of the things you cited as an example, I think, was like when I put ice cream in there, I only got to put it in for a couple seconds. Doesn't take long at all. Right. And that made me, that was a record scratch. Good old record scratch moment. You may be wondering how I ended up here listening to a podcast, <laughs> podcast in which Merlin says that he microwaves ice cream. You don't microwave it till it's hot. It's, you're All softening right. the ice cream so it's more scoopable. All right. Well, do, well before Ugh. I give my opinion on why uh-huh. you should not See, do this. See, this is how this show you, works now. This is now, after what, two years? This is how the show works now. Why, why you got a big wind up. Think... You ask me a question. You're like, you know, hey, at least baseball players got a lot, baseball players got a lot of funny names, and then you just go <laughs> off on me. Why do you, Why do you think I'm going to complain about you microwaving ice cream? I think you are that guy who has a question that's really more of a comment. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> why do I do it? I do it because I make my daughter ice cream. I didn't cream. ask you why you did it. I asked you why you think I think you shouldn't do it. To give you a chance to say, yes, I know X, Y, Z. To give you a if, chance to not have me yell if at you. I understood instead, how you I want got, you to be a self-based interpreter. If I, understood, if I understood how you became such a twisted old fruit at no, this point, no, I, I would not need this show. You should be thinking about the ice cream. You are, you're an onion with many layers, and you find something to bitch about, about just about, including giving a child ice cream. My layers are huge. I think you are going to say... You should suck it up. Uh, you're, oh, you know what you're going to no. do? You're going to pull engineering on me. You're going to pull engineering on me. You're going to say you should heat the scoop and then serve <laughs> it very, very hard. Oh, no, I like it. You're getting creative here, but no. You asked. Um, all right. That was good. That was good. You okay, John. I hadn't even thought. John, my 10-year-old daughter whom I love, I want to make her two scoops of ice cream in a, in a little cup that she made in a pottery class. And I, and I put it in the microwave for five to 10 seconds. What am I doing wrong there? You're putting the, to be clear, maybe I misunderstood. You're putting the container of ice cream in the microwave, right? 
Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> what did I, you think? You thought I was putting I a just, bowl of ice cream in I, there? You were scooping it into the bowl. And you then haven't even thought this through. You want to be able to scoop a nice round scoop instead of a bunch of little chippy chunks. Right. I just wanted to make sure I understood. That's what I thought. Right. But you mentioned the two scoops. And I'll I was, allow it. I was wondering. All right. So here's why uh, one, in- including you, one should not microwave the container of ice cream. Okay. Uh, for, for fun. As, for five, I think I mentioned for five before, seconds. Have I mentioned? Yeah, have I mentioned before my my struggles with keeping my refrigerators and freezers closed? In it's not my your non, struggle. It's the people house. who keep leaving the door open. Yes, we do it too. I've done it. My wife's done it. It's hard not to it. know. You you need documentation for your house. Close the door. Oh yeah, we know to close the door. But we still forget. Yeah. Anyway, uh, one of the problems with that is we always have a lot of ice cream, and if you leave the freezer open a crack, and the ice cream all melts, what do you, you got to throw out that ice cream, right? That's no good. Right. Why? Why is it no good? Why can't we just say, well, uh, it's still pretty darn cold, so let's just let it back up to well, temperature. Let's not even and we'll be extreme about it. Let's say you leave out the ice cream on the counter for 15 minutes. If you put that back into the freezer, you're going to get something like freezer burn. You're going to get the icy thing where the liquid, instead of turning back into ice cream, it basically turns into gross uh, flavorless ice. And now your ice cream's a little bit played. It's not gross flavorless ice, but it's not what you want. Because no. ice cream, ice cream is kind of, I don't know if you'd call it an emulsion or whatever, but it's got like air mixed into it. You're like breaking air pockets. The sauce. Yeah. And if you melt it back into liquid, all those air pockets <laughs> go down. And then when you refreeze it, mm-hmm. it just becomes a solid chunk with big ice crystals with no more air fluffed into it. I think they call it overrun or something. Someone will someone is tweeting us right now to tell us what it's called. It's not called overrun. Thank you, Nathan. Whatever. Like cheap ice cream has lots of air mixed into it. So it doesn't weigh a lot and it's cheaper to make or whatever. I suppose the like dense ice cream like Haagen has less air in it. But yes. either way, even a very dense ice cream with not a lot of air in it, yeah. when you when it melts and refreezes and you get those big chunky water ice crystals in there, yeah. it doesn't the texture is off. It's not right anymore. It's not ice cream anymore. That's why when your thing melts, you gotta throw it out. Now by microwaving your container of ice cream, you are taking the outer edge of that ice cream and slowly ruining it. Ugh. Because you melt a little bit on the because five you know, seconds, John. The fact that five to ten seconds. Heat from the inside. I know, but the whole point is you are making it softer. If you weren't making it softer, there'd be no point to doing it. So you are, you know, minorly melting it, and then it refreezes. It's minorly an engineering and, and economics issue. I'm, I'm I'm ruining the ice cream when I microwave it. Slightly, slightly. not a lot, Mm-mm. but slightly. You okay. are slightly ruining the ice cream slightly. every time okay. you do that. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Some people just like their ice cream a little bit softer. That's why you're doing this, right? It's not just for the easy scooping. You like it a little bit softer, right? It's mostly for scooping. If, if I could get right. her a nice hard scoop, if I had more... If it's also up, for scooping, then yes, I would say do the hot hot scoop, Yeah, right? Or That like, works, you know, that like works, a, that works. A lot of times I just want to get back to having a life, you know? Work on your arm muscles a little bit. I get I mean, called I feel to do like... a lot of things, John. I, I, I have to do a lot of things. I'm... I'm I, I got I got to get the water. I always got to bring the water that, that everybody forgot. I got to get the salt. I got to come fill up. I mean, I'm like a mom in a 70s cartoon. Mm, I wouldn't go that far. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Mac Weldon. You can learn more about Mac Weldon right now by visiting MacWeldon.com. You know about Mack Weldon. They make the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you will ever wear. Frankly, Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. We checked on the internet, and it is true. They are so confident of this, they have a no-questions-asked return policy. Mack Weldon are sure that you're going to be super comfortable in whatever you buy, but if for any reason you don't like your first pair, you just keep them, and they'll refund you. No questions asked. By pairing premium fabrics, meticulous attention to detail, and a simple shopping experience, Mack Weldon delivers a new level of daily comfort straight to your door. 
Mack Weldon makes undershirts that stay tucked in, socks that stay up, and waistbands that don't roll. Everything they make is made with premium cotton, blended with natural fibers, and their website is built to get you in and out as quickly as possible. They don't waste your time. This is um, this is the personal recommendation part, and this is actually super embarrassing in some ways. I, I, I'm not proud of this. I'm wearing three different articles of Mack Weldon clothing right now, two of which I'm happy to share with you. Uh, I am wearing the Mack Weldon uh, Pima cotton tee. And, and like somebody in an early 90s video over that, I am wearing uh, the Mack Weldon uh, polo shirt, which is really great. Dan Benjamin told me about these, and they're really, really cool. They're super comfortable. Uh, they're light. They're just so great. I... I buy a lot of Mac Weldon stuff with my own cash, and uh, it's it's really the most staple staple of my wardrobe. I highly recommend Mac Weldon. Now you see, Mac Weldon also have a line of silver underwear, hint hint, and shirts that are naturally microbial, which means they eliminate odor. Uh, that is some cool science stuff. Not only do Mac Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well too. They're good for working out, going to work, traveling just for everyday life. Now, right now, listeners of this show can get twenty percent off your first order at macweldon.com. And using the very special offer code DIFFS at checkout. That's D I F F S. You go to MacWeldon.com, offer code DIFFS. Our thanks to Mac Weldon for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. I personally like my ice cream super duper cold, right? And I don't like it to be melted at all. And that makes it very hard to scoop. And it's just a thing you have to get good at. I would recommend the OXO ice cream scoop, their current model. With the, with the a sharp very pointy end. tip. It's solid. That's it's what not I've got. coated with anything. So got. you don't get the pitting. That's what I've got. It's, it's nice and heavy. It feels good in your hand. Yeah, that's a good one. You don't, you don't need, I feel like you don't need to microwave to get a good scoop out of that. Some, if you like your ice cream softer, what I would say is scoop it, put it in, and you let it soften. No, it's not about the hurry. softness of the eating. Right. It's about if the it's ability about scooping, to make a, then, a then scoop. Then buck up and get stronger or uh, make the scoop hot. I'd like to see you put your narrow ass on a plane and come out here and take some of this delicious chocolate ice cream out of my freezer, and I would like to see you do that with your little skinny arms. <laughs> I do it all the time. Don't, you you don't, make, don't you're telling me, me you could make scooping. a parlor style good spherical scoop out of hard frozen ice cream kids don't care if it's a perfect spherical scoop they just want the ice cream i care it's aesthetic (laughs) i don't want to have jibby jabby little little jumpy bits in there i don't like i don't like going "Eh, eh, eh, eh," and and you get these little these little uh tears of ice cream little swatches away at it you're not you're not shaking it's not shaving i should lean into it i gotta lean in get a decent scoop with the oxo thing i I believe There is a little bit. There is a little bit of art to it. Let me tell you the place where people go wrong. Right? Even you should put this strong, on your tumbler. You're a big, strong person, and you're like, "Oh, I, I can scoop ice cream, no problem." Yeah. The thing is, especially if you buy the little pints of super premium, expensive ice cream, it's very easy to accidentally poke that OXO thing through the sides of the container. My God, you're and ripped. It's also very on, easy ripped. to collapse. I can barely get the, the lid off. Fins at the bottom. <laughs> it's, it's, you may need to like start working out a little it's also easy to collapse the little fins on the bottom if you press down too hard so you have to know the <laughs> limits of the container uh okay all right i'll you try might need it. a stool to get some leverage you really gotta get in <laughs> I'm, I'm up higher above the counter i should look at youtube life. i bet there's some really good videos about this i bet there's <laughs> how to scoop ice creams right next to the head hey of guys water yeah make your own bug grabber all right smash smash that bell I'd like, I just want, hey fam, I just want to apologize to everybody for trying to delight my daughter with ice cream. No, you should apologize for slightly ruining your ice cream over and over I'll and apologize over. to the ice cream. Sorry, Ben. Sorry, Jerry. Apologize to your family for giving them slightly ruined ice cream. Respect. That's, That's why right. they did it. You know why they carried at groceries? Respect. All right. Uh, speaking of respect, it says that you rated my Plex, but it's underneath the Millennium Actress section, so I don't know what to believe here. 
Well, in this case, it's not my fault. I'm trying to get her to watch Millennium Actress. I read the Wikipedia Who's her, your entry. daughter? Huh? You're trying to get your daughter? Yeah. Watch it? Because she's now suddenly very into these. Um, hmm. Hmm. So is this, is like, are you going to watch it with her? Like, are you shifted this project from I have to watch Millennium Actress to I'm going to get my daughter to watch it, and then I'll happen to be there when it happens? It's a combination. It's mostly now I feel like the reason I'm not watching it is because she's just not into it yet. What we did watch was... Your name? No, that's on the list. Uh, we watched Voice Voices of a Distant Star, which I'd seen before. You've seen that one before. Yeah. I can't. I, I really like that one. Um, Did she, she like it? She liked it, and I think she was a little moved. It's good. It's real good. Uh, you should try five centimeters per second if she likes that. Is, nice so I've got a notes file here. <laughs> I've got a notes file of things to watch. Where's our anime watch list? Uh, and that's, that's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what, five centimeters per second or your name, which first? Five centimeters. I think it's better than your name. Okay. All right. I'll write it down somewhere. Five it's both better and worse. Um, but, uh, but that just led her also just back into watching a whole bunch of our own Plex stuff. Um, including, you know, some like, have you seen, have you seen Princess Kaguya? Yep. That's really, it's really good. That's a really good weird one. Uh, that one, not anime, but uh, Song of the Sea, which is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But she's kind of getting more formally into interesting animation. Oh, apropos of nothing, I have lost her to Zelda. We have turned a corner and it's officially bad. She's officially kind of annoying my wife now. It's not, it's no really, it's, See, sho- it's shower time now. I was trying now. to tell you that you two should uh, participate no. with her in it. So it's not a thing that she's doing away from you. Well... I, I'm a little more forgiving because I remember that feeling of, well, there's the one thing where she's just putting us off and saying like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then there is that legit, that other thing of like, no, I need to finish this thing that I'm doing. And I'm very sympathetic to that. But so basically. You can tell her, you can tell her though, that you, because you're a hip parent who knows about tech, you understand that not only is Breath of the Wild a game that you can pause at literally any time, but among all games I have ever played, really? it is the easiest. It, yes, it is the easiest to resume exactly where you left off. The Switch is amazing, and Breath of the Wild is amazing in that regard. You could pause at any time and come back, and within moments, pick up exactly where you left off. It is amazing. Okay. So she has no excuse to say, "Oh, I just got to finish this." Whatever. No excuse. Oh, good. Thank you. You know, you're like one of those posters that tells me what the kids call street drugs. Exactly, right. This is super handy. All right, all right. But she's loving that. Uh, she's making lots of friends at uh, camp now, other uh, Felda, fella Zeldaites. Mm-hmm. We watched some videos. Um, lots to learn. Well, um, there was one that, because I'm a cool dad now, I don't make fun of things like this, but we watched one that was a timeline of Zelda. Of the Zelda series. That was complicated. hilarious. It really, it you, really was sounded it intentionally like, funny, or did you just find it funny? Well, first of all, they hired some kind of professional voiceover guy to voice this, and I, I guess hmm, so. Which, which one is this? Because I've seen a lot of these. Well, there's videos. one that's an hour long. This is the one that's 13 minutes long. I'll find it for the you. The hour long one is probably the one that I watched. But yeah, I, I, I have a giant hardcover book about the same topic. Well, okay. So question: um, the uh, timeline of what happens. So the Zelda games. Some of them end up being the equivalent of like prequels, right? Like the the chronology of the games being released is not the chronology of the timeline necessarily, right? Definitely. Okay, yes, that so that true. explains why sometimes you go back and he's like cute little Link, or you go to this one and he's like you know weird tr- made out of triangles. But it's, it's not the Link. same. It's not the same dude. You realize? 
Well, it's real confusing. She got really excited today because she told me Link just remembered something. And I said, that's cool. She's like, you don't understand. Like, he didn't remember anything. And now he got a memory back. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Within Breath of the Wild, the same dude is basically put into, like, cryogenic sleep. There's, like, three. There's At one point, there were three Links on screen, like, three parallel universe Links. Is that right? I'm not sure what, what thing you're at there. There's so well, no, I'm talking about in the, in the game, video. I'm you, talking about you wake the... up after a long sleep and you are the same dude, but you've forgotten a lot of stuff. About she, that's your what she said. She, doesn't, she said Link doesn't remember anything. Yeah, so it's a little of an amnesia thing. That is the same person. Um, but in all the different games, it's not supposed to be the same person. It's the, the you know, sort of it's not the reincarnation, but it's like anyway. It's, it's Anita says there should be more versions where you, you can play a Zelda. There absolutely should be. And Link, in this version, Link should have been a girl. Because if you're if, if this hero is going to constantly be reincarnated, mm-hmm. it seems like odds would say 50% of the time would not be is a Is there dude. a video about how they made that uh, that Cool Cat video game that was going to be about this girl, and then they turned into a thing about a boy and screwed up the whole thing? You know about that? Which one? Oh, uh, cool, Nintendo cool was going to put out, I think his name's Cool Cat. It was going to come out like in around 2000. There was going to be this, 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 this girl who was a cool cat. Do you and mean Dinosaur Planet? Could be, could be. It's in their uh, one of her tropes versus women videos. But they made this all, really cool. I've seen all of them. I think she's probably talking about Star Fox Adventures. That's the one. Get... Yep. Boy, it sounds yeah, like they screwed that, that one up good. Yeah. That was they that would have sure been did. a really cool character. Yeah. No, I, I totally like in the, when they first released a trailer for Breath of the Wild. Link looked like uh, he could be a girl, um, but very quickly Nintendo said, "No, no, no, no. it's just it's the same old Link." It's like, well, why? But why? Mm-hmm. Why, what are you waiting for? Like, I, play a Zelda is a thing you can do too. Yes, right. There's some no ga- reason. In some games, right? Right. It, it, I feel like that's almost like uh, no, but I feel like that's like, like uh, some people really want that because they like the Zelda character. But I feel mm-hmm. like it's a cheat. Like the hero of the game is Link, and there's no reason Link has to be a boy ever. There's just no oh, reason. Oh, I see what you're saying. That that's Galaxy Brain. Okay, I like that. That's good. Yeah, either, either one would be fine. But it's it's like people asking to play as Princess Peach. Like Mario, at least, is supposed to be the same dude the whole time. But Link is constantly reincarnated across like centuries, right? And he's like he's it, like the doctor. The, the odds of him being reincarnated as a boy every single time are astronomical. Oh, oh, that's problematic, as you say. Yeah. Well, that's you know. All right. Let me see if I can find the video here. Oh God, we watch a lot of videos. I watch a lot of Stevie Wonder, Hermione Dance. I watched a really sad documentary on Badfinger. Oh, here we go. Um, yeah, Legend of Zelda entire storyline in three minutes. That one was easy. Then you get Legend of Zelda's timeline with Breath of the Wild. Uh, You're spoiling like all the games I watch in these timeline things. You know? Say again? You're spoiling all the games by watching these timelines. Mm. I also watched two Pink Floyd documentaries. Yeah, I heard. Oh, you did? Did you listen to that episode? Yeah. We were really tired in that episode. I could tell. You could, probably couldn't tell. I didn't. Oh, yeah, I, listen to the whole thing. I think you never did get to the the rat turds in the ceiling. You touched on it for a moment no. and then it was gone. We were already somewhere else. Yeah. How to fix stinky shoes. Series eleven Doctor Who trailer. Well, I have really good taste. Sid Barrett documentary. Um. Yeah, but she's making lots of friends with camp at, at camp uh, with the uh, with the Zelda. That's yeah, a good very topic of conversation. Game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a, a, there's a lot you can do. You can really express your interest within the game yes. and trade knowledge and secrets about the world. She's doing that. And Gruber uh, <laughs> used to talk about this with his son, how his son would like be listening to music on his iPad while he was playing a video game. She's officially moving into a third screen at this point. So she's Brooklyn Nine-Nine is playing on TV while she's playing Zelda and she's looking things up on her iPad. Yeah, I, my son's the same way. And Alex, I, I, Alex I, recently, I recently did a tweet that I could not, I really should have workshopped it more. Maybe you could have <laughs> helped. But um, 
a tweet that I've been thinking of for a long time and I was trying to make funny, but I couldn't get the wording right. Like I kept mm-hmm. stumbling over the wording. I think it killed it gets the joke, all of but, us. Yeah. But yeah. But the joke was that uh, someone should make like a an action movie or a survival movie or like a disaster movie where like people are fleeing something. Uh, but the stars of the movie are kids, you know, my, my kids age, like teens or tweens. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the entire movie, they're either escaping the zombies or fleeing from the, the natural disaster while uh, holding their iPad with a cord <laughs> snaking from it to their headphones. Right. Because there's literally nothing my kids will do where they won't, they, they're carrying the iPad in one hand, the, the headphone cord is going, because they don't have AirPods, headphone cord is going to their ears, and they'll go into the kitchen to get food like that, they'll go into the bathroom, they'll come out, like, no matter where they go, they're constantly holding, no matter what they're doing, you could say, could you carry this plate of delicate china to the other room they'd be like sure and they do it with one hand oh. holding the thing like can you clean the toilet sure and they'd be sure. holding their ipad in one hand with the headphones in and cleaning the toilet with their other hand there's not literally well. nothing not they cleaning it very well with that. yeah yeah no no, no she just, she, uh, she totally she totally does that and uh uh the she basically plays until the power is depleted and then moves to another device it's really brutal she'll just run the nintendo all the way down she goes and plugs it in she's like she's like wyatt Earp. She just and then she goes and grabs the iPad. Yeah, the charging discipline is is difficult. Uh, I'm trying so daughter, hard but... to make the iOS and all devices charging part of the workflow, and it's just not taking. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Um, so you rated my flex. You stole me into Millennium Actress. I feel like Millennium Actress might be a little bit sophisticated for your daughter, but you never know. I mean, they, mm. she could get the gist of it. It's it's very it's challenging, even more so than Voices of Distant Star, because at least that's short. Like yeah. with the whole. It's challenging, and you haven't seen Perfect Blue yet either, right? I know that one's not right for her. I've yeah, got, it's I've got definitely not right I've for her, a, but it's a, but it's a similar, a like, cough, similar challenging. You, you, maybe you're honing this, that you're exercising this muscle by watching uh, Sharp Objects a little bit of like, just like, anyway, it's, I, I didn't realize how complicated Millennium Actress was until I sat down to watch it with my mother and had to explain a lot. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot to know. Um, but by the way, before we move this topic, is are is she watching with subtitles or dubs? Um, when I can, I'm encouraging her to do. So we did um, Voices of a Distant Star with subtitles. Um, she's you know she's at an age now where that's totally permissible, but still, you, boy, you got to read fast in that one. Yeah, but that one's so short you can watch it over again to catch it the second or third time. It's like, it's like fifteen twenty minutes. Time travel stuff, man. It tugs at your heart. Hmm. So I tried, so did I, I told you this is the summer of grown-up movies. I told you about that, right? Mm, I, I don't know if this is any different than any other I think I must have told Dan. No, we're, I've made this list of um, <laughs> mostly, mostly Christopher Nolan movies, but movies I think that she would enjoy. We watched Die Hard, not a Christopher Nolan movie, but I'm trying to get her into some, um, you know, she, she loves Arrival. She, she came home from school yesterday, or excuse me, camp yesterday, and she sees that like the sharp objects tile is still up. On the screen, she goes, ooh, sharp objects. Yeah, and maybe goes, not. Well, hang on. She goes, ooh, sharp objects. And I said, yeah, that, that's Amy Adams from uh, Arrival. And she goes, well, now I got to watch that. Boom, she turns on Arrival. Uh, yeah, maybe not sharp objects quite yet. Yeah. Um, Arrival's good. You're wrong about that movie. You don't, you don't even remember what you think I'm wrong about. You think she never should have done what she did because of what she knew. And I think, I still think, as I sit here today... I still think that's what every parent ultimately does is makes that kind of what you call selfish decision. The decision to have a child is a selfish decision. All right, you just made a big logical leap from certainty about how things will turn out to uncertainty about how things will turn out. Did I? Didn't, I do not accept that leap. 
Mm-hmm. And the thing I was absolutely right you, about you was, have that it was, you that, have was that the movie was presenting it as a choice. That you're certain about choice. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. That was that was probably the most vindicated I will ever be on one of those, what did the person intend when making this? It was literally an interview with a director saying, yes, the book was this way, but I decided to make the movie the other way. Like, it, right. it was so exactly what we were talking about, fun, fun unambiguously yeah. clarified. Right. That will never happen again. It was like, the Woody Allen, whatever, you know, you know nothing of my work. Yeah. So, uh, and I really wanted her to get into Inception, but, you know, she wouldn't get into it. Oh. That's hard to do. <laughs> Wait till I get that sound bar hooked I had, up. I had such a, such a foul that's more of an interst- Isn't that movie. more the Interstellar sound? Um, no. Oh. It's, it's, no it, it, there, are, there are lots of awesome sounds in Interstellar, but the bomb is the, was Inception has the bomb thing. What is that called? The Christopher Nolan sound? That's not the same sound. Inception has a sound, and okay. then and Interstellar has all sorts of crazy sounds, but they are not the same. They're they're <gasps> both sort of orally aggressive, but they're not the same sound. Hang on a minute. There's a name for this. Hang on. For the category of sound, like this type of... A shepherd tone, named after Roger Shepard, is a sound consisting of a superposition of sine waves created by separated by octaves. When played with the bass pitch of the tone, moving upward or downward is referred to as the shepherd scale. This creates the auditory illusion of a tone that continually ascends. Oh, yeah, there was like a... That's different. Yeah, I've heard yeah, that Yeah, there's a 99PI about that that was good. But that's not what we're talking about. Or no, not 99PI. Do you listen to that, um, what is it, 20,000 Hertz? Do you ever listen to that, that, uh, that podcast? I think I've heard the one with the, about the shepherd tone. That's the, the one I'm thinking of, yeah. No. no, it's not that. What's the Christopher Nolan sound? What is, what is that called? The womp. I don't know. I, we know what a stinger is, which is like a high pitch, like a violin string or whatever to accentuate a moment. But this is sort of like the bass version of that. Mm. In Inception, they would constantly do it as the like the sound effect for the whole uh the kick not not time travel but different layers of the dream and stuff like that it was okay. all his yeah. oh yeah the sound in his movies is terrific yeah that's one of the one of the you know when i think about interstellar i still think about the soundtrack which is something i can't say about a lot of other movies ditto for arrival arrival's got a great soundtrack too especially because yeah. she's not a monster um yeah there's a song in that that i was listening to this morning my daughter my wife was like oh my god what's wrong are you depressed i was listening to the song from the end the big long last scene mm-hmm. you know where everything is revealed mm-hmm. and like there's that beautiful beautiful song which has been used in like so many movies this episode of reconcilable differences is brought to you in part by SaneBox. you can learn more about SaneBox right now by going to sanebox.com differences hey teens i bet every person listening to this show has something they do not like about email spoiler alert i have several things i don't like about email and that is why you need to go out and try SaneBox. It would be lovely. It's not practical to just uh, delete all your email. I've tried. It just keeps coming, you know? So like a Vernon Dursley type situation. There's undoubtedly important stuff in there that you have to deal with. But one of the big problems is that it all email just kind of looks the same. It's just a bunch of stuff. At a glance, it can be difficult to decipher which messages actually need your actual attention. Well, wouldn't it be nice if your email could be pre-sorted before it even hits your inbox? That is what SaneBox is all about. SaneBox sorts through your email and moves all of the trivial stuff to different folders, and so the only messages that remain in your inbox are the ones you actually need and want. The great thing is it'll work seamlessly with your current system with any app. One of the best features of SaneBox is something called the black hole. All you need to do is move an unwanted email into your black hole folder. You'll never hear from that sender again. (laughs) Ha ha, hakuna matata. With SaneBox, you can set up email reminders, snooze your email, and so much more. Uh, This is a good app. you got to get this thing going. This is a service that can save you a ton of time. If you get a lot of email, you don't want to be going through and picking through it with a spoon. 
let SaneBox do the heavy lifting for you. To help you get a little more in organization in your inbox, we've worked with SaneBox to get you a great deal. You go to SaneBox.com slash differences today. You're going to get a two-week free trial and an extra $20 credit just because you're listening to Reconcilable Differences. You don't have to enter your credit card information unless you decide to buy. There's really nothing to lose. So you go out, you check it out right now. You go to sanebox.com slash differences. This is going to help you get your email under control. Sanebox.com slash differences. D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-C-E-S is differences. Our thanks to Sanebox for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Uh, all right, 54 minutes. How will you choose to ruin my evening? Uh, this was a We talk about the document. From, we talk about cleaning up the document. No, from Dubai Friday a couple oh episodes God. ago, uh, where you were in, the, in one of the multiple sections in which you talk about politics. Sometimes front-loaded, sometimes it comes at end, sometimes it goes through the whole thing. Yeah. You were talking about politics, and you touched on what was, at the time, the story of the day. Yeah. There are so many stories of the day that it seems like so long ago now, but it actually wasn't that long ago. And it was about... Sarah Sanders. Sarah uh, Sanders had gone out to dinner at a restaurant, and the story went that the um, staff of that restaurant that included uh, included a lot of LGBTQ people had basically said to the owner, we're not comfortable with her eating here. Could you ask her to leave? And they very um, kind of gently went over and took her aside and privately said, look, my staff's not comfortable with you being here. We'll comp your cheese plate, but we'd appreciate it if you dine somewhere else. Close. Yeah, and then she left and was was cranky about it. And then it. she tweeted about it, and then the flying monkeys came. Right. And that led to, taking over your topic, that led to this big debate that people decided was about civility and the lack of civility and where we should be civil. And, and, then, and then in pretty rapid succession after that, this will be six weeks after this happened by the time this episode comes out. But um, then I think it was, um, was it Stephen Miller, Kristen Nielsen, uh, were both separately <laughs> basically chased out of um, Mexican restaurants. And then the question became like, is it, oh, how, is this the end of civility? Um, can people have, why can't people have their private lives? Um, yeah. So you take it from here. Right. And the, the main reason I put this on here is not because I had a burning desire to say something specific about it, but because I felt like you didn't get a chance to say what you wanted to say about it on due by Friday, probably because it was like the second or third. And Max was, Max was pretty, Max was pretty keyed up. Yeah, well, it was you had done politics a lot, and I think it was like we don't have time for this another political topic. But you got to say like two well, sentences. What happened on was it. Max went off on a tear about how it's very important that we yell at people in restaurants, and this is the new reality. And I said I have really mixed feelings about it. All right, so I wanted to give you a chance to have your say because Max wouldn't let you. Well, I I struggle with this because I mean I'm a vain person, and this is not a popular point of view on my side of the aisle right now, but. I mean, just to get it out of the way, I think calling this a debate about civility uh, is not the best way to, to frame what we're talking about here. It's just that, you know, people, the prog- progressive and, and liberal uh, side of the equation feels that, you know, in my case, I, this, the thing that dogs me more than anything else every day is in part our president. The thing that really, really dogs me is Congress. Like Congress really gets under my skin that our representatives are not doing more checks and balances like they're not doing anything and it drives me crazy and a lot of us feel really practically impotent at this time like what can we do to affect the change uh affect the change in the world like what can we do to have a have our voice heard and a lot of people are really frustrated right now that's that there's this and by the way the sarah sanders thing happened in the midst of 
the separating kids from their parents at the border that was going on. And there's a lot of people on both sides or all sides that feel very frustrated that they're not being heard. And I feel in some ways this is a little bit of a, a sibling of the like, is it okay to punch Nazis thing? And um, anyway, what I tried to say on that show, first of all, like the problem is I don't have that super strong of a feeling about this, but I do have enough of a feeling about it to go, mm, I don't love this. I don't love the yelling at people in public and confronting people and shouting somebody down in a restaurant until they leave. It doesn't feel good to me. And then I try to think about why I feel that way. And I'm still kind of processing that. I can talk about that. But, you know, if I was a real cool liberal and real cool progressive, I'd be saying, hell yeah, these people should never be allowed to have another moment of peace in their life. And there is certainly a part of me that goes, there is great, there's something wonderful about Kristen Nielsen being chased out of a Mexican restaurant. I'm not going to lie to you. That's really good. But do I want that to be the way that my voice is heard? Is that a way that I think we can affect a change? And again, I'm even setting aside the whole, like, is this just going to stir up the Trump people more? I'm setting that aside. I'm talking about like, how do I feel about that as a strategy for expressing my voice? And I still have extremely mixed feelings about it. So why do you think it's not about civility? Why is that? That's what everyone was talking about. You're right. But like, you're like, that's not really what it's about. What, what is the, what is the, what are you missing there? Well, in, in a more traditional time or i don't know let's put it this way um i mean i think civility is important in things like diplomacy and it can be very important in things like you know the the grinding politics that keeps america in business like you have to be decorous like you you don't want to be the cylons who show up and kill people like that's not cool if it's a diplomatic situation you shouldn't show up and kill people Uh, And I understand the need to stay collegial in what used to be thought of as Congress, where you have like if if it was Congress in the 80s and 90s, like I see more of like, okay, that was a time when like as grinding and terrible as that was, there was still the chance like you had to work with these people all the time. And no more than you would attack people at the next desk, you have to be decorous and civil and collegial, even when you're having your worst arguments. And in a minute, we'll get to like when that breaks down. I think calling, I think talking about civility can be very important in terms of how we treat strangers just in general. Um, I don't think, I don't think when we're talking about the Sarah Sanders thing, I don't think we should really call that. I don't think that's about civility. I think there's something else going on there. And, but my problem is though, I feel like people wanting to make it about civility on the other hand are, are not acknowledging the deep seated frustration that people have about not feeling heard. And I feel like as strongly as I feel about my voice, not being heard, there's a part of me that says, well, just because my voice isn't heard as much as I would like, what does that entitle me to do? And maybe in the big picture, what does it mean when somebody else who doesn't feel their voice is heard has decided it's really important to do something? I'm speaking very obliquely here. There's a line where I wrote this down. There's a line in, um, oh, what's the old movie? The old World War I movie where the guy says, the awful thing about life is this, everybody has their reasons. And my thing is, everybody has their reasons. Everybody has their reasons they feel very strongly about. From a practical standpoint, the yelling at people in public and punching Nazis part, I just feel like I'm not sure that that's a strategy we want to pursue. I know it's not a strategy I want to pursue. Uh, 
I don't feel good asking strangers to personally attack other strangers on my behalf and then taking joy in that. There's some Kurt Vonnegut part of me that thinks that's a really lousy way to be in life is to like cheer strangers harming other strangers. And I, it's hard for me to see how the world gets better when we do that to each other. And, and then and from a truly practical standpoint, if this is the fight that we want to fight, if this is the fight that we want to have, we're going to lose so hard. Because <laughs> there's there are people on the other side who feel things even more strongly when we do, than we do. And once it's okay to just start attacking people because you feel very strongly about it, we've lost what it means to have a liberal democracy. Not a popular point of view, but it's just something that bangs yeah, I think around it's a very head. popular point of view. I've seen 50 editorials from people saying exactly the same thing. What, what like, do you I think, think? I think it is a very, I, I mean, it's the most, I think it's the most popular point of view among, I don't know, some, I don't know the labels, the, the, the center Centrist, left. Centrist, yeah, center the, liberals, the, yeah. the center left, right? That they just, that they, I think you articulated well the whole, like, where does this lead? Somebody's, and you're going you're gonna to carry a knife until somebody takes it away from you and slices you up because they are more violent than you. Yeah. Once or, you or decide to go down that road. it to the punching Nazis thing, which is a much easier. Yeah. G- g- uh, guess what? The Nazis are going to start punching you. Right. Um, I mean, are you, and, and I mean, literally you, that's the problem. All this is, people want to have these proxy wars where they cheer on 20 year old kids wearing masks, doing crazy stuff in a city that they don't live in. Okay. Do you want people coming to your door and doing that to you? I hate to bring this all the way down to the golden rule, but like, is that how you want to roll? Is, is that how you've decided? Are, are you the one who's going to be out there literally punching people? Is that the life that you want to have? Is that, the, is that what you're fighting for? Like, I don't, I don't see that getting us to where we want to be. So uh, my take on this though, and the reason those editorials kind of bother me is that talking in broad strokes about the larger issue. Yeah. You, that's, I mean, that makes sense to me, but talking about the specific, specific incident, like this, this particular flashpoint, uh, and not sort of like not going slippery slope on it. Cause as you, as you outlined, like, this, there was no violence involved in here. There wasn't even any rudeness, really, right? It was it was pretty much as polite as you can imagine it happening, right? I, I can I can imagine if the scenario is the way that it was described, the person was kind of almost sheepish about having to go up and say, "Look, I'm sorry, but uh, you know what I mean." It wasn't like they were going and making a big show of it. It was Sanders that chose to make a big show of it. She's the one that called out her flying monkeys, right? I, I mean, and and that's fine. That's turnabout is fair play there. But but the whole point is like there. This is this is where the the editorials in this specific incident, not on the larger issue of it, but in this specific incident within the parameters that are well defined and everyone agreed upon about exactly what happened. Um, and also the other thing that's important about the specific incident, as many other editorials brought up, is like this is a specific person. This is not a class of people. This is not a all Republicans. This is not a whatever. Um, I, I I probably come down on the same side, um, probably not as, as harsh as Max, but uh, on a similar side in that, like, at a certain point, uh, one of the most one of the most important tools society has to regulate itself and to maintain order and balance is a decision about what is acceptable and what is not. Um, and acceptability in society has consequences that are much less severe than violence, right? Um, it can be used badly where you can have lots of societies where certain things are not acceptable uh, and you can't operate in society and it excludes groups of people or people without enough money because you have to be dressed a certain way or whatever. But there are certain things that are not acceptable. And modern examples are like 
if you are openly uh, a proud member of the KKK, it becomes harder and harder to find these examples these days. But if you're you're openly in a proud well, member of the like, KKK, like gang gang tattoos or and, swastika tattoos on your face. Yeah, no, but it, KKK as an active, real organization that's not like you're not cosplaying as something. You are literally in the KKK. You are wearing the outfit. You are proud. You are expressing your opinion. And you try to get served in a restaurant that's somewhere that's not in the South. Uh, probably, at the minimum, you're going to be shunned. Like, will you be served in the restaurant? Maybe, maybe not. But we as a society, more or less, have decided to shun the KKK. Like, they are, that is, we, they're not tolerated in polite society. Does it mean we have to kill them all or punch them or yell at them? No. But they'd get looks uh, and they would they would know that they are disapproved of that this mm-hmm. that we have decided we understand who you are it's not like a guess you're wearing the outfit you got the big coney head right it is an established real thing you're not cosplaying as stormtroopers from star wars like it is a real thing we know what you stand for you are uh, you know feel free to express it or whatever but you come into my restaurant we don't want you here right now can we kick you out um should we kick you out? How rudely can we do it? But just like, say, you're walking down the street, right? If someone gives you the finger because they know you're in the KKK. Like, that's society saying, we do not find you acceptable. And mm-hmm. a society, you know, it's the, the paradox of tolerance. A society that finds nothing unacceptable is a terrible thing. The, the, uh, the whatever the quote, you know, neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim, right? Yeah, Sil- yeah. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. Yeah. Uh, the... The idea that we can reach this elevated Star Trek type thing where we can allow, you know, everyone is accepted in society. We will never shun you. We will treat you as a member of society in good standings no matter what. That's untenable. And the only debate I feel like with the Sanders thing is where do you draw the line? Uh, At what point do you say the major primary members of this administration? Stop, 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 stop. What's untenable? Uh a society where where everybody uh, is like you, you always have a seat at the table, like okay. the Nazis, the KKK, everybody. We will just politely talk to you, and you are perfectly. You know, we can laugh and joke and go to the ball game and sit right next to the KKK and not give you a sideways glance. Say, "Oh, we all just love baseball." Right. No, that's a society like that simply cannot exist. Right? It is. Are, are bad you are you, for that are you to willing happen. to do that? Uh, willing to do what to to get to get up and leave to give them the finger well, to, there's, there's to two, not there's serve two, them? Well, there's two very important parts to what you're describing. First of all, there's some kind of a continuum or a window about who it's okay to shun and deny service yeah, to. As, we as a society decide that. That's what makes us the society that we are. Okay, and then who who, who does the shunning? What all of us or none of us? Basically, like I mean, it's just like with the KKK. Like that's it can't just be like oh, I just don't like Red Sox fans or whatever. Like well, that has who to decides sort of be, that though? Who decides? Who decides? Like cons- where the, window the consensus. Is. And if the consensus <laughs> shifts and we decide, if you're the one who's deciding who to throw out of a restaurant or or a whatever, if you're deciding who who should get the finger on the face of it, like there's, I'm I'm saying like there there's a lot to that, and I I would be interested to find out like how much of your next month you're willing to spend on giving the finger and who you're going to decide to give that to. And are you, are you going to go do that? Right. Well, that, that's what, that's what has to be down to either individuals or like, it can't just be like categories of people, like half, half the country. Right. If, if it's just the president, that's an easy one. It's a single person. There is not a hundred people, right? Sarah Sanders is like, okay, well, there's only one press secretary and you may have a gripe with individual person, but like anybody in the administration, someone who works for the federal government, like it gets, you know, that's why the KKK is easier because there's sort of like no civilians there. 
unless it's like kids or something they dressed in the outfits or whatever but but what what I'm saying is that the the paralysis of saying that we have to not be rude to anybody we have to like that's the whole thing like we I, we're I just wasn't supposed to, really supposed saying to, that I'm right, not well, saying never... I feel like politely politely being ejected from a restaurant is just one level down from uh, not being rude to everybody Right, that like that is the like. It well, is I think anybody so can gentle. cheer. Anybody can cheer any of these things if they feel like their side won the point, right? And, and when you see the people that you think are the worst, you look at somebody like Sarah Sanders, and you're like, or whoever, who was Stephen Miller, whoever it is, you say this person is barely human. They are such a very terrible, barely human person who is doing something so odious that society has to push them out. That sounds a lot like other cultures that I don't want to be in. As soon as you started deciding like who's barely human and who's not allowed to participate. Well, but it's not, it's not about being barely human. It's about you are not welcome here. There are plenty of places where people are not welcome already. But like, like the KKK, the KKK is not welcome in a lot of places. And I think it, it is a healthy society that, that understands who the KKK is and says they are not welcome. They are, of course, welcome in public spaces and can have their parades and protests and can do whatever they want or whatever. But right. to, to the extent that the law allows, and in the case where you have an option to serve someone or not serve one, someone because they are a member of the KKK or, or get up and leave because they sit down next to you. Like, that's the kind of shunning we're talking about. Like, you're in a public place, they sit down next to you, you get up and you leave. And yes, I would do that 100%. That is not punching them. And, and you'd be that okay is not with people denying feel- them rights. That is, that is shunning them. That is us saying, okay. no, we do not agree with what that, you stand that's a, for. That's okay to do to gay people because those people feel that strongly about it. They can feel free, right? But a consensus society has not come down on that way. You know, like it's that's, that's called progress. That happened. That that happened and worse forever, right? You don't see any that's analogy how, in that? That's, but that's how society functions. You have to decide Who what is, is society, acceptable and what John? is not. Society is the person deciding who's going to call that person out. No, it's us collectively. Collectively, we had decided as a society that, that gayness was shameful and had to be hidden. And society has come around well, I think that. you're making a very different point that requires a much larger mandate, which is that we all have to get on the side of saying what these people are doing is not no, acceptable. I'm saying, I'm which saying is a much broader if, political point I'm, than asking somebody to leave a restaurant. I, I'm not ready to sign up for pretending that everyone is welcome. I'm not ready to sign up for that, right? No one is. No one is. The only liberals are trying to get to that utopia. No one else is debating. It's on the right. They're not debating how we should be civil to everybody. I'm just saying if you start to have this escalating turf war about deciding who is excluded and who is included, I, I don't know who your society is. I've never met society. I don't know what society You're decided soaking any in of this it. stuff. What? You're soaking in it. <laughs> well, I mean, but the... the I would say the reverse. The reverse is, is the, like, uh, all, mostly what I'm railing against is the, lib- the liberal editorial of saying that there is no line, that no matter what, uh, we always have to. But you fight that. You fight that on the policy. You fight that on the politics. You fight yeah, that, that. That's that's separate. I feel like this is this is just like you're, you're going to tell me you're going to do this. You're going to do this. I, I do it right now. A hundred percent. Yes. If, if Donald Trump came down the road, I would give him the finger. I wouldn't just say, oh, he's my president. Hi, how you doing? It's great. Okay. Yeah, that's joke and have small talk. But no you, you would, you would confront people that you perceive as, as your, in your example, the KKK. Let's just stick with that for now. You would uh-huh. confront those people. And I, would say not, you're I don't have to confront there. them. I would get up and leave is what I would do. You'd have society help you. I would get up and leave. And I would hope that everybody who was around them would get up and leave. And what the signal they would get from that is 
you know, your your opinions are not popular. I think it only works because you're talking about the KKK and your quote unquote society that I happen to be in all agrees. But like for individuals, like it, it, it you know, everyone can pick that. People get up and leave when when anybody sits down next to them. When you know, like, it, but what I'm saying is, as, we as a society, like as as people who have beliefs, should not suppress them and say, "I will grin and bear it and sit next to." Donald Trump or the KKK at my kids assembly because we're all all shucks we all just have kids in the school. Right. I won't do it. And I and I think what I'm railing against is not whether you should do it or not. What I'm railing against is the idea that nobody should ever do it. And that's only a, a idea you hear come from certain liberals who are in a position where they feel like, "Oh, can't we all just get along? I'm not under any threat. Therefore, no idea is too long and really you should just be civil and and right. There has to be a line. Because if you do that, if you're just like I'm completely neutral and civil and treat everybody the same no matter what no matter how abhorrent their ideas you are sending a signal to everybody it's like there is no line do whatever you want and if you have to get into power well all shucks we'll just take it a little bit of straw man are, are you okay with people doing this to you yeah sure like, okay. that's 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 it has to it, they, the, but their, society their, society, expresses, their, their society will decide based on factors what's acceptable society expresses its values by who it does that to okay. right the society that got up and left when the gay person sat down that's who we were then right? That's how the society was expressing its values. There's no judgment about whether it's, you know, you can look at it and say, we disagree with that or agree with it. But it's like, to say, the only people people saying this, like centrist liberal editorial saying, nobody should ever do that. And I feel like that is, that's the worst, because that is basically enabling and tacitly approving any, literally anything. Mm -hmm. So in the specific case of her in a restaurant, I don't, you know, I go either way on that. Like, I feel like she's the press secretary. She's not the president. And there's been all sorts of terrible, like, lying is uh, whatever. Like, but people, I mean, uh, Max was mostly right in that that's mostly sort of impotent rage. And like, they feel like they have no other power and they're trying to find an outlet. And you can't really, you know. People are very happy to watch other people fight that war for them. Yeah. And there's all the things you said about the, the bad motivations and the bad outlets are true. And they're the ones being fought against. I think it's not going to be nearly as fun. And when you're fighting, when you're fighting against people who have been looking forward to this their entire life, you're going to be unprepared for how badly your side is going to lose the war of societal exclusion. But no, but it's not. It's not a, like that's what I'm saying. They're not. They're. But what is it that forms that society that you're talking about? It's like people no, no, who no. have a very strong belief about how we should conduct ourselves and what's acceptable. Right, but but that, everybody else is already doing that. The only people arguing against it, and that's who I'm arguing against, are the people saying nobody should ever do that. And I'm saying. No, that that's like you can't opt out of that because if you opt out of that, you surrender. You say that we will be accepting of everything, and they will be accepting of whatever the hell they feel like it. And that's you know that's you are allowing them to define the the you know if you were to look at societies in aggregate and say who is acceptable and who is not, you would say well the only people who are not acceptable are whoever you know the the right hates, and everyone else is perfectly fine. Uh, and that's you know that's. That doesn't form the society that, that I want to live in. You, one side can't put down this tool. And I think this tool is not, it's not violence, it's not oppression, it's not any of those other things, which you're totally right. Most of the things about the Sarah Sanders are people being frustrated, uh, you know, pr- voting for proxy wars and violence and, and having revenge fantasies and all sorts of bad motivations. I just think a lot of people are treating this like pro wrestling and they, they want their side to win and they're happy to watch a bunch of people beat the out of each other. And I don't think there's that many people out there, the pe- people like you, big, strong boys like you who have this strong opinion. I just think it's not going to be that fun when somebody decides to do that to you. Shunning, societal shunning has been used for more bad than good in history. Like so that's so, habit- so th- this will have gone well when what's different? 
I mean, uh, mostly what so, I'm just so arguing they, they, we've for. Excluded, we've excluded all these. Uh, uh, they're bad people. We're not excluding them. We're letting them know that we disagree. Okay, and so, and so what, what will they do differently after they've been excluded? <laughs> it, it, will, it will affect them. It is motivating. To be excluded from society feels bad. To be shamed. That's how the group tells you you're in or the out. That's, that's why uh, homosexuals have been in the closet forever, because society told them that you're bad. Right. It affected them a lot. It changed their behavior entirely, right? Like, it, you know. Yeah, it, exactly. We d- <laughs> We disagree with it. We think it's terrible. We're glad that we make progress, and now they don't have to do that anymore. But that's how society regulates itself, is deciding what is acceptable and what is not acceptable, right? Violence is, is an example of if society is saying violence is, our society basically says violence is not acceptable for the most part, right? Yeah. It, we have actual laws to stop that, right? Uh, if, you know, it, you could have a society where it's, where it's fine, and it's like, oh, anyone's that, you know, might makes right, blah, blah. We had that society, too, a long time ago, and it, it wasn't great, but like... You know, I'm not arguing for any particular behavior. I'm not arguing for fighting battles on particular fronts. I'm not arguing for this being a healthy outlet and or any of those things. I'm arguing against those editorials that say we should just always be civil because I think that is a loser idea, and because the because no one else will ever do that. I, there's no there's no way to counter your argument. You're speaking in such very over large, slightly rounded abstractions. When's the last time you did this? When's the last time you went out of your way to exclude somebody in a public situation because you felt that they did not belong there and they were outside of the societal bounds? Give me a, give me an example in the last month when you did that. In the circles that I travel in, it, it tends not I tend not to come across people who I, who I feel like I need to shun. You don't run into people that fall outside the societal norms. You have not had the opportunity in the last month or three to confront someone and ask them to leave somewhere because they didn't think belong. So. I mean, I don't think maybe the closest I would get is people who are holding up like political signs. Uh, that I disagree with, I would not engage them in small talk. Okay. That's my choice. I'm not going to be like, oh, great. So you think we should kill you, you think we should continue separating children from their parents? Let's talk about the weather. Nope, I won't do that. To think that me not being civil in that way, how rude. You wouldn't talk about the weather. That's not civil. It's not about civility. We all get to talk so tall and we all get to like really puff off our, ch- our chest and talk about how strong we are in our convictions. Like, what are you doing to advance that agenda that's going to be great for your it's kids not, in 20 years? It's not years? about, uh, like I said, I'm taking the opposite. Well, you, I'm you're, just... taking, you're taking these shots from, the, from the, the, the tower at Austin about this quote unquote centrist editorial. I don't know what editorial you're talking about. I mean, I hate to say it when you wrestle with a pig, you both get dirty and the pig likes it. You're going to be coming up against people who have done nothing but this kind of bull. But they're already doing that. I'm not, I'm I not know, trying to stop. But they're better at it. They're it's better not such at it. Than is better we are. or worse. They're, they're, what I'm saying is that they're they using like that doing tool. It. They enjoy they're using doing that tool it. of societal shunning to express their values. If we don't, their values will win. Their values are winning. 